hope that we receive at Christmas. I wanted to, I took a little picture of his credentials because I wanted to get it right. You know, this, this guy, Pastor Antonio Montiel, is a gentleman that I believe with all of my heart that God had his hand on him for the whole country that he lives in. Many people want to have a great ministry. They want to make a mark and, and do a, a work for the Lord in, in a small way somewhere. And, and that was my heart when I was young. And many people have the opportunities to work in ministries, to work in churches, to be pastors of churches. And he's done all of those things. But God had a very specific hand on him for the country of Paraguay. He's currently in Washington, D.C. Well, he's here right now, but he's in Washington, D.C. And I knew he was coming. He had made contact with me that he was going to be in Washington, D.C. And we talked about him coming to Middletown to visit. So we were able to snag him. He's, he's come from D.C. and he's turning around and going right back. He's here on international and national business. And he's at, in Washington running the world. But he's come by here to share with us. But like I mentioned earlier, it's amazing to me how God has orchestrated and brought everything together. We'll share more as we go along, but I am feeling and sensing, and both of us were broken in our hearts as we began to trail and look back over all the ways that God has put us in our same paths together. Not knowing that one would lead to the other all these many, many years later. But God has had his hand in every bit of it. And so today is no less, no less of a sign and wonder in a supernatural way. God's presence and power leading and touching our church. I'm excited for you to hear about all of it. But I want to introduce Brother Antonio Montiel, married with seven children. Yeah, wait till you see the pictures. And while he's not raising seven children... He has, he has been the inter-institutional director. He is the inter-institutional director of the Association of Evangelical Churches of the country of Paraguay. He served also there as vice president before. He is director of inter-institutional resources of the Church of God in Paraguay. And he was the national administrative bishop of the country. He's a family counselor facilitator of the Supreme Court of Justice in Paraguay. You can say, whoa. National and international speaker for several foundations. And as, you've, as you're experiencing a representative here in Washington, D.C. One of the questions I asked Todd is I said, are we going to be hosting the Secret Service when they come? But what's great about him is with all of these accolades and all of these opportunities that he's had to serve the presidents of Paraguay. Clear back 30 years ago, I remember. In all the many years he's served in all those different capacities, I remember him testifying that he felt in his heart that God wanted to touch him for his nation, and he's done that. But he's also touched him for something a little more special and closer to our hearts. It just so happens that he has worked closely and been very integral in what we do with the children, the hope for the dump. The children that live right outside of the garbage mounds and hills in Paraguay. 
And so our connections are supernatural and how God has brought us all together. And I'm excited to have him here with us today and for him to be able to speak to you and share his heart. Um, Brother Todd will be coming with him and they'll be sharing ministry together. Would you make on Antonio Montiel feel welcome here today? Thank you so much. God bless you. Buenos dias. Good morning. This is a very special day for me after 30 years to be here. Many people ask me why not before. Why wait 30 years? And we think this is the Lord's time in his timing. And I came here to visit Pastor Ray and I want him to come and visit me in Paraguay. If you allow him to come, I promise you that I will take care of him. I'm going to feed him well. <laughs> He's not going to die. He's going to be taken care of. And I know that he likes gifts. You understand gifts, you know? Those that understand, you know, gifts. So I brought a gift for him right now. And this is a gift that he's going to use on his table is this, so you remember Paraguay, and that you have to come and visit me in Paraguay. And also, I got, like, bookmark for your associate pastors, your leadership right there, so they can remember in the Bible. Next time, if you invite me again, I will bring for the whole church. For the whole church so they can remember us praying for us in Paraguay. God bless you, brother. God bless you. This is a blessing for me to be here. And it's been 30 years ago that we met at Lee College. He was living in a one dorm where uh, was close to my dorm. We met there on the hallway, made connection. And then after we graduated, I went to South, South. During those days, like many years ago, people used to ask me, where is Paraguay? Nobody knew where Paraguay was. So the easy way for me to communicate and to let them know, I used to tell them Paraguay is south of Mexico. You know, south of Mexico, really south of Mexico on the south. And also, uh, in Paraguay, as a pastor and also as overseer, and usually we have people from the state coming to Paraguay for our meetings, and I used to do the translation, try to interpret them. And a few years ago, one pastor came from the U.S., and I was doing the interpretation. Then finally, he asked me to say a few words in Spanish. And I said, feel free, pastor, the church is all for you. They are listening. And he was making some comment in Spanish. And he made a little mistake that I don't want to make today. So that's the reason I asked Brother Todd to come here to make sure that I use the right words. <laughs> because this pastor was ready to go back to the U.S. And he said, Brother Montiel, I want to say a few words in Spanish to the congregation. I said, feel, feel free, pastor. So he started saying, thank you so much. This is a joy for me to be here from the U.S. And I'm very glad to be here. And I would like to pray for you, for your president, for you all, and also for the pastor of this church. So this pastor asked the people to stand up. The people stood up. 
and he started praying in Spanish. So I'm going to translate for you. He said, dear God, thank you for the country. Thank you for everybody here. Thank you for the opportunity. And then he started saying, dear God, I want you to eliminate the, can the president of this country. <laughs> so half of the, ch you know, more or less the whole congregation said, amen, amen. <laughs> and then he was fired up because everybody said, amen. And now I ask you, dear God, to eliminate the pastor of this church. <laughs> and half of the congregation say, amen. And then I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to stop you. And then finally, I'm ready to go to the U.S. again. And I will let you to eliminate the whole congregation. <laughs> so I don't want to eliminate anybody this morning. <laughs> I don't want to eliminate. Okay. May, may the Lord bless you. We're going, we're going to share. I'm not going to preach this morning. I just want to share my, my heart. My heart. Because I have a short time. I want to share my heart. I want to share the word of God and how the word of God affects my life and my behavior and why I came to the U.S. to get ready, to prepare, to be trained, to, to go back to my country. Many of the people that came, they stay here. But my calling was in Paraguay. In Paraguay. I will share with you my family. I will share you if I have seven children so far. My wife wants one more, one more. So I will ask Brother Ray to pray for me because one more, right? And also, I would like to share you the word again, and, and, and then I will share you with you the, the work that is happening in the school and the, why we need Brother Top to be there as soon as possible. Brother Top, can you pray for us, please? Lord, we come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for this appointed time. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be in this place today. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint our esteemed guest, that you would anoint his words, and that you would anoint us to hear it. Lord, I pray that as we go through the service that we could sense the hope that we have in Christ and realize that all we have and all we need we find in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I would like to share with you two words, two verses that impact my life and the hope that I have received in my early age. I was 17, 16, when somebody shared with me the hope, Jesus Christ. I'm the, the, the first Christian in my family, my my mother didn't finish up elementary school. My father didn't finish up uh, elementary school. Both of them speak only one language. In Paraguay, we speak two languages. Guarani is the Indian language, and Spanish is the second language. So most of the Paraguayan, we have a low self-esteem, low self-esteem. Only the word of God will help us to have a like, well self-esteem. And one of the words that helped me a lot is found in Jeremiah 29, 11, 11. Because in my culture, most of my people think that God is somebody that is hiding, waiting to see somebody making a mistake and right there to jump in. That's the mentality. And also, I grew up in that culture and also was afraid of God. I didn't know that God had a plan of hope for me. They have a plan for my future. Once I understood the word of God, the word of God changed my worldview. My world, my worldview, and when once affected my worldview, affect my behavior, because when my behavior is changed, because I understood the word of God. So I would like uh, talk to read Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and do no harm to you, plans to give you hope and a future. Okay, there is two words here: hope and future. Hope have to do with with future. Today, many people, they don't have hope because they don't know Jesus. Therefore, we need a challenge to share with them the hope.
That's the reason why we're celebrating today is a major issue worldwide because many people worldwide, they have no hope. Many people are killing themselves. They, they are destroying themselves. And somebody was saying to this week in, in Washington, D.C., something that I wrote down and called my attention. This person who was speaking uh, in Washington said, this is the culture of self-destruction. Does that sound? This is the culture of self-destruction. It's not somebody who's come to destroy. It's, you know, the people are destroying themselves without, without hope. The other verses that affect my life and also uh, help me to come to the U.S., we find in John 14, verse 1. This is what I read when I saw the first verse. I didn't understand why Jesus told his disciple, take it easy. Like in, in, if you go to my country uh, and you're a hyper person, like very active, I will, I will teach you two key words to survive in my country. One is take it easy. Right? And the other one is be flexible. Be flexible. <laughs> Take it easy and be and be flexible. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. That reminds me when I read a book about Tony Campolo. He's a so sociology in the U.S. So we, he went to different churches. He went to a, 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 a color churches and the, the church started like 10. About 1 o'clock, the church keep going. <laughs> He went to an Anglo church, everything started at 11, and 11.55, they were saying, may the Lord bless you. <laughs> and then he went to a Hispanic church, and he arrived there at 11, nobody was there. 11.30, nobody was there. And then he asked the pastor, pastor, where are the people? And the, the pastor, the Hispanic pastor told him, sir, don't worry, they will be here shortly. <laughs> they will be here shortly. Okay, let's read verse 1. Verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. Okay, one of the things I was wondering, how the disciple was not being calm. They were like, their heart was troubled. So I started asking why, why Jesus had to tell them, don't trouble, take it easy, be flexible. Because they heard bad news. They heard that Jesus was going to be killed. You know, always when we hear, you know, bad news, we're going to be troubled. And that's what's happening worldwide today. Everybody is like, what's happening? What's going to happen? Everybody's very scared of what's happening, what's going to happen. If we don't have hope, and we, if we don't have Jesus, and we, know, we don't know him, we're going to be that way all the way. Then Jesus told them, I'm going to prepare a way for you, the future, the hope that we have. If you are going to prepare a way for you, I will come back and take you. There where I am. You remember that? And then the disciple, if you read the verse, the disciples start asking themselves, do you know the way? Do you know the way? Do you? No, no, I don't know. You? No, I don't know. Nobody knew the way. So one of the disciples, you know, in verse 5, verse 5, Thomas. Can you read that? Thomas, one of the disciples. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? The disciple didn't know the way. And when Jesus understood that the disciples that were with him didn't know the way, he made sure they understood the way. And that's one of the well-known verse in the Bible worldwide. And that's the, the verse of hope, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, he said, I'm the way, not one on the way. He is the truth and he is the, the light. 
So this is hope for us because today many people, they don't know the way. And we know the way and we have to show them. Amen. And these passages affect my uh, discipleship process. And then I ask the Lord, why can I do, Lord, to prepare myself to, to serve you in this place, in my country? Many other people serve the Lord in different other places. But I felt the call to serve the Lord in my country. And I pray the Lord, Lord, open the door for me. I don't have the resources to go to the U.S. to study. I was coming from a very poor family. And suddenly God made the connection, the divine connection. And God opened the door for me to come to the U.S. And you know where I came? I came to Lee College. Lee College. Lee College. <laughs> and at Lee College, I met my friend, Pastor Ray. He was very quiet. He was very calm. And I like his, like his style. He was studying all the time. He was a good singer. And I wanted to sing. And I tried all the group. And all the group rejected me. And then I wanted to be part of this, you know, those small group that they have in the, in, the, in, the, in the school. And I was rejected. So I created my own group called Pineapple Group. <laughs> pineapple Group. Everybody went pie. <laughs> so I just moved Pineapple Group. So then I met Brother Ray and also in Lee College, I met my wife. See, my language was not very well, so I have some difficulties, and I came without having the, the language very well, so I went to my English class, and I started, the first semester, all my grade was F, 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 and I was very happy because F in Spanish means felicitado, felicitado, congratulations, so I was very happy because I got all F, you know, all F, congratulations, congratulations. And one morning I was running, going to my class because the teacher was very, very picky on the time. And there was a bunch of students on the hall. And I make a little mistake. Play the pastor, illuminate and eliminate. You remember that? So I wanted to get to my class and I wanted to say, excuse me, please. And I say, squeeze me, please. <laughs> and right there was my wife and she asked me, are you sure? I said, I'm sure. And since then we switch each other. And we have seven children so far. You know, you can see in, in, the, in the picture, you can see my family. And we decided, we complete our studies and we went to Paraguay. And she is from Richmond, Virginia. She is from the state. Her last name is Woodfin and her name is Naomi. She's coming from the Cherokee background. She remember her grandma going, oh. And I'm coming from the different background where my grandma was. <laughs> so we come together and our little ones, they're very strong will. All of them, they're leaders. And we are training them to impact the world in, for the new generation. So you can see right there in the picture, uh, my wife is, I mean, she is the one who stayed there. We're doing homeschool all the way, homeschool, homeschool. I'm the director and she's the teacher. <laughs> Teacher. So my first daughter, daughter, well, trying to find a sister for Lydia, six boys came alone. In Paraguay, most of the pastors that know my family, have a big family, when they invite me to preach or to go to different places, they say, Pastor, just come by yourself. You know, they don't want me to go with my family because, because if they, they, they have to invite us to eat, well, they're going to get broke, 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 you know, broke. <laughs> Broke. So 
Um, I don't know next time if your brother Ray is going to invite my whole family. <laughs> well, li, li, let me tell you about Paraguay now. Amen? Is every, everything okay so far? Okay. This is Paraguay, the world. This is the map. You can see we are in uh, Ohio, and right there is the south. That's the reason I said south of Mexico, because we're really south of Mexico, right? And when you see the heart of Paraguay, you can see in the next map, you see the Paraguay is in the heart of South America. The heart of South America, we have 7 million people. 7 million people, very small country. We are in an, an agricultural country. We have cows all over. That's the reason in Paraguay, the people think if you, if you don't eat meat, you're going to die. So they have to eat meat all the time. You know, they're, they're meat eater, <laughs> meat eater. And the country is divided in this three major group. This is very important to understand. That's the reason we need Brother Top and, and, and Ronda to come to Paraguay as soon as possible. Because the enemy is attacking the children. The children is attacking the children. Destroying the children. And these three groups is the children, 40% of the population, 40%. 30% teen and youth, and 30% adult. If you put together 40 and 30%, 70% of the population in Paraguay is 30 and under a unique is the unique situation in Paraguay. The other country they don't have the same situation. In Washington, one lady asked me, eh, "Brother Montiel, why do you have so many children in Paraguay?" So I'm trying to figure out how to respond to that question. I said, "Well, in Paraguay we have the largest hydroelectric energy producer in Paraguay after China or something like that, and we are a very good steward. So 10 o'clock the light go off and there is nothing else to do." So, so, so we, you know why, you know, you know why. And the enemy is attacking the children, the children. That's the reason when I use the Timothy passages, Timothy passages, Paul remind Timothy, Timothy, remember all the things that you have learned since your childhood. From whom? From your grandma and your your mother, because that's the situation in the Latin American culture. There's grandma, there is mother, but there's no father. It's a very painful experience. There is so many single mother all, all over today. Well, that's more or less about Paraguay. And now I would like to share with you about my family, because we are very, very, very uh, aware that our family with my wife, she's very strong-willed, she has a lot of faith. She is a risk-taker risk and a risk-avoider. And we, we believe that those seven one there, they don't belong to us. They belong to the Lord. Amen? We are just a steward. That's the reason we are doing homeschool. There is something very weird in my country. They're, they don't understand the concept. They think that we are damaging the children for not sending them to, to school. That makes sense? In many our school, especially, especially in Argentina, in Argentina today, the parents have no control over their children. The state is taking over. And one of the leaders in Washington told me, what are you doing? Uh, what's, what, what, what's happening? What's going on? Uh, can I do the same in Argentina? Yes, because you're responsible. You are responsible. God will call you and ask you about your, your ministry. Because in Argentina, I told him, in Argentina today is more, I mean, I tried to make a comparison. To send your little one to school in Argentina and to send your children to Iraq or Syria. 
I mean, to send them to Syria or Iraq is less risky today. Does that make sense? Because the school, what they're doing, they're brainwashing the lily one. So that's the reason we need the church to stand up and try to teach the people to take care of the lily one. So we know and we understand that these seven lily ones, they don't belong to us, they belong to the Lord. And all of them, they know that we dedicate them to the Lord. And they're preparing themselves to serve the Lord in their own way. Lydia. Lydia is working today in, in El Paso, Texas. Lydia came to study psychology at Lee University with scholarship. From there, she went to Regent University also with a scholarship. And she has finished up her PhD in psychology. And she concentration, her concentration is on child abuse because we have child abuse all, all over. She's working right now in El Paso Psychiatric Unit. She's working in front of one of the worst city or dangerous city in the world called Ciudad Juarez. Ciudad Juarez. And she's working there because she's bilingual and God gave her the gifts to work with those little ones that need our help and the love that she can share with them. And what she's telling me, Daddy, these people, they don't need my professional expertise. They need my, my heart. They need me to, to hug them because they have never experienced that loving hug. This is Lydia. The other one, then she had to go back home because the scholarship was with that connection. She had to go back to, to Paraguay to work over there. And then this is the other one, Joshua. Joshua, when I asked him about a few years ago, Joshua, what would you like to do in the future? And he told me, Daddy, I would like to study digital filming. I didn't know what was digital filming. Do you know what is digital filming? <laughs> digital filming? Okay, if you want to study that, well, go ahead. So now he's doing that and doing some recording to reach out his own generation. Then the other one is uh, Matthias. Matthias, those, I have four of them that are here preparing themselves. Matthias, when I asked him, Matthias, what would you like to do in the future? And he said, Daddy, I would like to play for the NBA. You know, and his favorite player is the one who have like Philippians 4, 13, remember? His, so that's the impact on his life. So I said, well, well Matthias, what, what, would we, what do you have to do to, to get there? And he was turning 15. I said, Daddy, I have to go to the U.S. I have to go to high school in the U.S. I said, okay. So we pray. And then my sister who came to Lee University too and met somebody there. And married that person, and they're working for the State Department. She came to visit us, and she heard what Matias wanted to do. And she said, well, I'm going to talk with my, with my family, and we're going to dis discuss the issue. And then she said, Antonio, we're going to take Matias with us. So we went to a place where I signed the paper where I'm no longer his father legally. I transferred everything to my to my sister. So she can, I mean, Matias came to the U.S., went to high school, graduated high school, but the, the coach told him, Matias, you are good, but you're not good enough to play in the NBA. So he was depressed for six months because it was his plan A. So then we called the coach and my sister, and we tried to convince him to take another, another sport. So the coach said, well, what about if you try track? So he started track, and he came like the the one or the fifth faster runner in the state of South Carolina. And with that, he got a scholarship right now. He is uh, graduating from the University of Virginia, Virginia, uh, to get ready and to be a missionary in the sport 
with the sport people in the U.S. or maybe in Paraguay because you know they can be everywhere. And then the, the other one that I want to share with you is Jonathan. Jonathan, very interesting guy. He's Jonathan. This is Jonathan that talking like he's talking like he remember. I remember when he, he trying to eat lunch or dinner, and he always talk, 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 like to talk. And his mother used to tell him, Jonathan, close your mouth and eat. <laughs> and Jonathan. Mm, <laughs> well, he, my, my mother wants to say, just be quiet and eat. <laughs> so Jonathan, I asked Jonathan, Jonathan, what would you like to do? And he told me, Daddy, I would like to be a missionary. Where would you like to be a missionary? I would like to go to California, to Hollywood, and be a missionary. I would like to, I would like to be a missionary. I said, what? Missionary? Yes, Daddy, that's where we have to be. So that's the reason when I go to a congress, a missionary congress, I told the people, tell the people that he wants to be a missionary in Hollywood. Wow. No, because that's where we have to be. You understand? That's where we have to be. That's the reason we have so many uh, non-Christian values through all the movies. So he is preparing himself, and he is now in, in Richmond, Virginia, preparing his, uh, his, 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 he's receiving training to be an actor and to be part of the Christian movie sometime in the future here in the U.S. Amen. Okay, and now I would like to share with you quickly the five Ps, hope in Christ. How we use those five Ps in my life, in my family, to be able to uh, grow in the Lord and to trust the Lord. Let me tell you something that I did. When I graduated from the university, Brother Ray came to, he went to North and went to South. I have many other invitations and no, I have to go to Paraguay. That's where God called me. When I went back to my country with my wife, we really convinced this is the place we have to stay. That's the reason we didn't come to the U.S. anymore because there are too many temptations. You come and you want to, to stay here. So when I went back to, the, to my country, I went to the U.S. Embassy. And I wanted to talk with the people there at the embassy. I said, thank you. I graduate. I finished all my study. I'm returning to the U.S., uh, to the, my country, Paraguay. And I want to return my green, I want to return my green car because I used to have my green car. So I went to return. That was the first time that have something like that happened in my country. And the people from the U.S. Embassy, they were really upset. Because, but, but I wanted to destroy that uh, to avoid the temptation to come back to. Do you understand what I mean? Because that's what God called us to, to serve. So the five P for in Christ, that's something that we like to share. The first P is the present. We knew that the present of God was going to go with us. And we didn't want to do anything without the present of, of God. As a leader and as a person, many times people feel lonely. I felt lonely. But then what my belief tell me? My belief tell me that I'm not alone. My belief tell me that he's going to be with me every day to the end of this, this world. That's the reason today we have to compare our feeling and our belief. Because today people just go by their feeling. And many people take decision based on their, their feeling, not based on their their beliefs. We know the presence of God is with us all the way. Our little one understood the presence of God because we have been praying for people that come to our house and we ask the Lord to feel the presence of His right there. And they have seen, they have experienced. So that's the reason they can look up and say, Lord, the same presence that we felt, we want to feel here. So they're always seeking the presence of the Lord and, and, and they, they don't want to make any step. If the, the presence of the Lord doesn't go with them. So one is the present, very important things today in our life. And that gives us, give us hope. The second is the provision. 
God is a, pro a provider. With seven children, the big family, many times people say, how are you doing? We know and the little one know that God is the one who provides. He is the God of provision. Because many times people say, oh, how are you doing? God provides. And God provides for all of us. And I would like to be thankful that God was great, is good, and is going to be good. God is the God of provision. I was sharing this morning that uh, Joshua, his birthday was coming up. And then his mother asked Joshua, Joshua, what would you like for your birthday? And Joshua said, Mama, I would like the bicycle. And what kind of bicycle? The bicycle, the expensive one, the more expensive one. And see, the mother, my wife reacted and said, uh, Joshua, that's very expensive. Your father doesn't have the money to buy that kind of bicycle. And Joshua told his mother, Mother, God can use somebody else to bring the bicycle here. And the mother said, okay, I'm sorry, let's pray about it. So they prayed. A week later, somebody came. A pastor and wife came to the house to fellowship, to eat dinner. And then they were going. The pastor was leaving. And the pastor wife, my wife was talking. And then the pastor wife asked my wife, Naomi, sister Naomi, there is something that you need, something that we can do for you. And then she remembered that Josh's birthday was coming. And she shared with her what she need for Joshua. And the pastor wife said, we have the bicycle that we're not using anymore. So she called the pastor, pastor, come. Listen what she said. Next week you're going to have ready that bicycle and you're going to bring it right here in the name of Jesus. Do you understand? Yes, dear. Yes, dear. So the next week the bicycle was there in my house and that's a memory that God always provides. And when Lydia was ready to come to the U.S., she told me, Daddy, I want to go to Lee to university to study. But the price was very high. And when she told me that, I said, Lydia, very expensive. Daddy, I'm not asking you for money. I'm not asking you for money, right? What can I do for you, Lydia? There is an American school in Paraguay. And every year, the student there, they take the ACT. Is that familiar? ACT. And she just asked me to buy her a book. She went and bought the book, prepared herself. She went to the American school to take the test, and she came out the 10 best grade in the group. And she came to Lee, and she, the friendship, right? She got the scholarship, full tuition. But we didn't have a place for her to stay. And then another friend of mine, the vice president of Lee University, Dr. Carolyn Dirksen, you remember her? She knew that she was coming, and she called us and said, Antonio, because she remembers us, she can stay with me. She can stay with me. And she stayed with her for four years. And then she went back home to serve the Lord. And then she wanted to get ready to prepare because she had seen so many teenager child abuse. She wanted to get ready to prepare. So we pray, we pray, we pray. And nothing happened. We pray, we trust. And then somebody invited Lydia to go to a, a mission field. And I said, Lydia, go to the mission field. Forget about your prayer. Your request. God know. God will provide. So she went for a mission field for one week. When she returned, she returned for the mission field. She received a letter from Regent University that she was accepted into the PH program in psychology. So they offered her a full-time scholarship. We have a scholarship, but we didn't have a place for them for her to stay. And then another retired pastor from the church of God, the mission pastor from Norfolk, 
Brother May, I don't know if you remember him. You hear Brother May is a pastor, retired pastor. He also heard that she was coming and she and he called me and said, Antonio, your daughter can stay with us. So she stayed there for the glory of God. And now she's finished up her residency to go back and to serve the Lord. So God is the God of provision. We want to share with them to trust the Lord today that God will provide. And the other thing is the protection because we don't have any bodyguard. We go to different places and we go in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And there is no fear. There is no fear because in those places, when you fear, the fear comes to your heart and the faith go away. When the faith comes to your heart, the fear go away. And many people today, they are so fearful. They don't want to go anywhere when we had to go because they're, they have fear. So that's the reason we have faith because when the faith comes, the fear go away. And we know that God will protect us. He is the God who protects us. So he is a God of protection. Amen. And then another passage I want to share with you. There's two key words that we need today. And this is the hope that we have. In these passages, top please, uh, Psalm 29, 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. What, what we need, the strength. In other translation, is the power. The Lord gives power to his people. And also give us peace because today there is trouble all over. And wherever you go, you feel powerless. But you need peace, peace, peace. And the peace that we receive from the Lord, that's the reason when you talk with somebody and share with somebody the word of God, then the person says, ah, it felt so good to talk to you. You know, it's not my word, it's the word of God because the word of God produces peace. And that's what we need today, the peace of the Lord in the midst of the trouble. And the other key word, brother, is the word power. Power. Every, everybody's trying to, to get power for their own sake. But we receive power to serve the Lord, to serve the Lord, to be a witness. So the power of the Lord that we need today, because many times when I travel around the country and I hear things they need here, we need this, we need this. So I just kneel down and said, Lord, I feel powerless, powerless. I have no resources. But I trust you that this is the time that you are a powerful God. And we, we pray that you manifest yourself so that people can see. Because today there are many people, they don't want to hear what we say. They want to see what we do. They have, want to see what. So we need the peace of God and we need the power of God. And this is where we made the connection. I will I told to read it and we made the connection. And this is, we're going to connect to the school where Todd is going to share with us what's happening and what is the need over there. Acts 1.8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, this is where we made the connection that Todd came to Paraguay, and that's where we made the connection. And then when I, I, I found out that he was coming from Ohio and that his pastor was brother Ray, said, wow, this is from the Lord. So we welcome him, and we want him to go back as soon as possible to help us. Because one of the things that called our attention from top, when he came to Paraguay, he didn't come to Paraguay to tell me what to do. Because there are people that come and tell you what, what to do. He came to Paraguay to be beside me and the other pastor that is helping the school. I'm here to help you. I'm here to walk with you. So that's a major difference. You understand? So that's the reason we appreciate his heart, his ministry, 
and we need him as soon as possible to be back in Paraguay where the children need us as a church and we are the church. Amen? We are the church. There is one kingdom. If there is one kingdom, there is only one king and that king is Jesus Christ. Please stop, share with us. Uh, if you can put the picture up. Yeah. These are the kids at the school. You can see the smiles on their faces. They're excited to be there. And the reason they're excited to be there is because when they're at the school, they're no longer in the dump. They're no longer in that mess. They're no longer in the pain and the sorrow and the ugly and the stink of that dump. So when they come to the school, they get a respite. When they come to the school, they get a break. And when they see the teachers, the teachers at the school don't consider themselves teachers. They consider themselves ministers. And they pour into these kids. And so while they're at the school, they have hope. While they're at the school, they have peace. While they're at the school, they have a future. Because they're preparing for a future they wouldn't have outside of this school. And that's why we want to go there. That's what the Lord has called us to do. And we're so thankful that we can partner with Antonio and the leaders in Paraguay to have a successful ministry. One of the things that's happening today while we're in our service, I testified before that in Paraguay, they have what they call the National Day of the Family. And on that day, in the spring when I was there with Antonio at a different church, a mother and a father and their five children walked into the church and they said, we would like to be married. We've never been married and we want to be a real family. All seven of them gave their heart to Christ. This morning, while we're here in Ohio, that mother and father are being married today in the church in Paraguay. Today. The ministry, hope for the dump, is making a difference. We have a medical mission team coming next July to visit with us in Paraguay. We just found out from a friend of mine from Ecuador, she's from Honduras, she has two girls from her school who want to come for the entire month of July to learn what's going on at the school. They want to be an intern at the school in Paraguay in July. The ministry is making a difference, not only for those kids at the dump, but now we have an opportunity to make a difference in ministries throughout Latin America. This is what's happening at Hope for the Dump, and that's why we need to get there as soon as possible. Thank you, Tom. Let's go to the final presentation, and I would like to ask Pastor Ray to come, and I will ask him to pray for us. We need your prayer. There is power in prayer. Without, power, without prayer, there is no power. Without power, there is no peace, and we feel powerless, and there is nothing we can do about it. So we need to connect. So the final uh, slide, I would like to share a few words and then ask the pastor to pray for us because there is hope in Christ only. Esperanza en Cristo. Esperanza en Cristo. Okay, let's stop. Can you read and then the pastor will pray? This is key word that I would like to share with you, live with you, that is hope in Christ. We have the hope, let's share with others. That's what Christmas is about, to share. Psalm 19.10, God, your word is more precious than all that I possess. 119.105, your scripture gives light to my path and directs my step. Romans 12.2, 
through you, your will alone, lives are transformed and minds are made new. 2 Timothy 2 and 1. So now I pray for all the people that do not yet know you. Well, I would like to ask Pastor Ray to come in the last verse. So I now pray for all people that do not yet know you. Let's pray for them to know you. Pastor, please, thank you. Would you stand with me, please? You know, what's important as we bring it all together. It's 20 plus years ago. Our former pastor, W.D. Watkins, I was a youth pastor sitting on the pew over here. And Brother Watkins was sharing about his heart and how much he, he had learned about this, the children, of, they called it the children of the dump. Children that lived in a literal landfill, a garbage place. They, they make their houses out of garbage. They take pieces from the, the, the dump and, and make play areas. And they, they do all these things to live. This is where they live. And if you've ever seen the pictures, they're, you, you can't even imagine them. But Brother Watkins poured his heart out to us and, as a church, and, and we were moved and touched that day. And we bought a truck for this new ministry, the Children of the Dump Ministry. And we helped to start the school. And we were thinking that we wanted to invest in an orphanage and get the orphanage up and running. And so we started for many, many, many years. For over 20 years, we, we just kept supporting. And those missionaries would come. And they would speak to our church. And it was just over and over again. And I kept thinking, Paraguay, Paraguay, yeah. I mean, I had a friend from college that, that was in Paraguay. All through the years, as our church has been so faithful to support this ministry. And then when everything kind of fell apart, and yet at the same time, God was moving on Todd and Rhonda Taylor from our own church. But they had this, they said, they came to me, they were talking, and I was pastor now, and they were like, we just feel like we're called to be missionaries. We just feel like we've got to prepare ourselves. We've got to get ready, and we want to go to the dump. And I'm like, What? That's where we want to go. I even tried to talk you into other places. I thought, well, it'd be easier to go to Costa Rica or it'd be easier to go here. He said, no, man, we're called to go to the dump. He said, first thing we want to do is change the name. He said, I don't like calling them children of the dump. He said, let's call it hope for the dump. Hope for the kids. And it is amazing that on this first Sunday of Advent, when we light the candle of hope, we're here talking about esperanza, which, by the way, means hope. And we're here lighting this candle, and we're talking about hope for the dump, and we didn't plan it honest. We didn't sit back and say, hey, first day of Advent, that's the hope candle. Let, let's talk about hope for the dump that day, and let's bring him in from Paraguay. He just happens to be going to Washington, D.C., so let's bring him over to Stratford Heights. No. None of that happened. As a matter of fact, we were sitting in the office before the service, and we were like, oh, wow. Wow, look what you did, Lord. You brought all of us together. Because how many of you know, people in the world may forget, and they may not care, but God looks down on that dump and all those kids that are living in that trash, and he sees that we have this burden, this hope, for those children and he says I'm watching out for them and I'm going to do the work that needs to be done how many of you know that's how God is that's how God is 
I believe that with all of my heart because this was all completely unplanned. We've been busy this week. It's been a week we didn't have time to sit down and we just kind of came together. But as this is all unrolling before my eyes, I'm like amazed. And did you notice he didn't ask you for money? You did notice that, right? Because it's not about, it's about provision. It's about protection. It's about presence. It's about peace. It's about power. It's about trusting and knowing that as God has taken care of all seven of his children and taken them as far as they need to go, God is going to take those kids one by one out of the dump and he's going to make the provision, be the protector, and he's going to be the one who provides the peace for their life. What did he request? Every other missionary that comes through our church, God love them, and, and I understand their need. All they, they, First thing is we want to take an offering. He said, can we have the whole church pray? I said, yes, we can do that. You don't need anything else? If we pray, we'll have everything we need. So I'm going to ask Brother Montiel and, and Todd, and if Rhonda's in the, in the building, I know she had their grandbaby. A few of those guys would get, come down to the altar, our pastoral staff, if you'd come forward. If you feel led to pray, lay hands on these folks. I want you to step out and meet us in the altar. I don't care. We can have 500 people come down here. But I want you to help me right now. We're going to pray for them. Pray for the kids in the, in the dump ministry. Pray for Todd and Rhonda that God will provide a way for them to get to Paraguay as soon as possible. And that we will be used in whatever way we can to further this ministry to those kids. How many are with me? Say amen. On this first Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, the hope candle, Jesus' gift to the earth, we get to be a part of being in this ministry moving forward. So I want you to help me. Won't you raise your hands towards this altar as we now pray. Let's all pray, guys, together.
to you.